We are continuing today in the series, our mission, our purpose, and um, this will be part six in the series. And I would like us to turn to John chapter 18. And while you're turning there, I'm going to give you a little scenario of what is happening. Now, after Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two small fish. Now, we were in John chapter 6. You don't have to turn there. Verse 15, there is something very interesting there that the scripture says. In John chapter 6 verse 15, uh, Jesus perceived that the people wanted to make him king by force. Because of the miracles he he did and because of uh, this teaching. They wanted to take him by force and to make him king. Now Jesus being Perceiving this by the Spirit, that this is what they wanted to do, he conveniently left the crowd before it could take place. So they were, he knew in their mind, in their, in, by the Spirit, that this is what the people would want to do. So he conveniently excused himself. So that they would, didn't have the opportunity to take him by force, to try and make him a king. Now later on in the scriptures, in John chapter 18, Jesus acknowledged that he was a king. So why did he not want the people to make him king? Well, he didn't allow it because it was not in line with his mission or his purpose. And I'm going to go into that and talk about when people want to elevate you and when God wants to elevate you. When you know who you are, you cannot, you would not allow people to try and elevate you, but you would stay and do the things that God requires of you. In other words, you will know your mission and purpose, and you will not be distracted by the accolades of people. But you will be more interested in pleasing God and doing God's will for your life. Alright, so in John chapter 18... Verse 33 through 37. So the scenario here now is that Jesus is under arrest. And he's now before Pilate being questioned. And I'm going to start reading from verse 33 through 37. So John chapter 18 verse 33. Now Pilate is questioning Jesus. And it says here, Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. 
Alright, so that is all I want to read. And my focus will be on verse, mainly on verse 36 through 37, which states, when Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now, but now, my kingdom is not from here. And then Pilate said to Jesus, are you a king? Jesus said, you said rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Now, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So he said, if my kingdom was of this world, my servants would fight. And I would not be delivered to the Jews. So what does that tell me? Jesus acknowledged Pilate's question. That he has a kingdom. So if you have a kingdom, it's obvious to say that you are a king. If you have a, if you have a kingdom, you are a king. Now my kingdom, he said, is not from here. Which means it's not of this system and it's not of this type. Of the kingdoms of this world, my kingdom is not like any of these kingdoms. It's not an earthly kingdom. It's not corrupted. Or is it controlled by Rome, by a sovereign government? Said so his kingdom is unlike any earthly kingdom. That's why he says, my kingdom is not from here. It's not of this world. And then in verse 37, Jesus admitted that he is a king. Not that he's going to be a king. He said, I am. You have rightly said, I am a king. He is not going to be a king. He is a king. Of a kingdom that's not from here. So what does that say? He said, I, well, I was born. And came into this world to be a king. That's my purpose. To make a kingdom, to make the kingdom of God available to people who hear the truth. He is the king of that kingdom. And in Luke 17, 21, for your reference, Jesus said, when the kingdom of God is within you. This is a spiritual kingdom and not an earthly kingdom. There's a difference. The kingdoms of this world are earthly kingdoms. He said, my kingdom is not from here. So that means, if it's not from here, if it's not of this world, it has to be out of this world. Which is a spiritual kingdom. Now, he is a king of a different kingdom. Of a different type of kingdom. An everlasting kingdom. And Daniel 7.14 talks about that. He's the king of a different kingdom. And what I want to show you, I want to give you a little glimpse of what that kingdom will look like. So if you turn to the book of Revelation, chapter 21. The book of Revelation, chapter 21. And I'm going to start reading from verse 1 through 4 and 22 to 27. This is just to give you a glimpse of what that looks like. Okay? 
Alright, Revelation chapter 21 verse 1. Now this is John in his waning years. He's having a, he has a vision given to him through, through Christ of what this, this, this kingdom or what this would look like. And this is really a, a vision of what the new Jerusalem would look like. Verse 20, chapter 21, verse 1. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Very interesting. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Verse 22 But I saw no temple in it. This is he talking about the new Jerusalem that he just said that he saw coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in it. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light. And the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. And they shall bring, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. Verse 27. But there shall be, there shall be, there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or lie. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now that is a glimpse of what the kingdom that Jesus is king of. Now it's saying here in the book of Revelation that heaven and earth will pass away and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. What is that saying? What we are seeing, what we have known will no longer be around. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. For there to be a new heaven and a new earth, what does that tell me? That the current, current heaven and earth has to be done away with. So when the new heaven and the new earth is in place, then the new Jerusalem, because the one on earth is a type and shadow of what is to come. The Jerusalem, the temple, that is all going to be done away. Why? Because it is the works of man. It is all built with the hands of men. That's going to be done away. God has already in place the heavenly which he's going to bring on earth 
after he gets rid of what is here. This whole system, the whole world, the whole earth is corrupted. He has to get rid of it, reform it in his image, new heaven, new earth. Then he brings the heavenly to earth. I'm not making it up. I'm just telling you what's written. John said, I saw a new Jerusalem coming down from heaven, from God. It's coming down to this new earth and this new heaven. Coming down to this new earth. And I, sh- and I read in verse 22 to 27 what it will be like. Now this is the kingdom that Jesus is king of. So Jesus is saying now back there when he was talking to Pilate. In verse, let me go back to verse 37. On verse 36. Jesus is saying... My servants would fight. But my kingdom is not of this world. But now. And that's very interesting that he said that. But now my kingdom is not from here. But now my kingdom is not from here. What is that? What is he saying? He's saying the corrupt, the current corrupt world and its systems will no longer be here because there will be a new heaven and earth when his kingdom will literally be here. He said, now, my kingdom is not here. It's not from here. It's not here. But there will be a time where his kingdom will be here. Literally. So when we believe, that's why he's talking here about For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness of the truth. Right? Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. What is the truth? That his kingdom is going to come. That is the truth. And how do you get access to this kingdom? Well, I'm glad you asked. When we believe, we have access to this kingdom. Because the Bible says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. But the way you get access to this kingdom, you have to believe. In who? In Christ, the King. When you believe, then you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The Holy Spirit comes into you and then you are sealed. It's an invisible seal. We can't see it. But we are sealed with that spirit of promise. Which is what? A down payment of what's to come. And what is that? Inheritors of the kingdom. This is where we will abide. Because it also said, who is the temple? It says, the father, the lamb, the father and the lamb. They are the temple. And if you go back into Hebrews, it's talk about what? The church. Living stones, a habitation of God in the spirit. That we are what? Building stones. Fitted together for a habitation of God in the Spirit. This is what it will be like when we are in this new Jerusalem. We will be truly one with God, one with Christ, in this new arena, in this kingdom. Okay? So, we have been sealed with the Spirit of promise. There's a down payment. 
That's what it means by a seal. It shows who we be, who we belong to. We have been, we have a down payment of that spirit of promise. Okay, so let me show you something in Luke chapter four. Turn to Luke chapter four real quick, and I want to show you something. Why it's important that you know who you are and you know your mission and your purpose. Luke chapter four, verses five through eight. And watch the folly of this. Okay. Here we go. Luke chapter 4 verse 5. Now this is Jesus in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. Watch the folly of this. Okay. Luke chapter 4 verse 5. Then the devil taking him who? Jesus up on a high mountain. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me. And I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. What does that tell me? Satan tempts Jesus with being king. He's offering to make him king of the kingdoms of the world if he bowed down and worshiped Satan. But wait a minute. Why didn't Jesus fall for that? Well, Jesus rejected that because he knew who he was. He knew he was a king already. And he knew Satan must worship him. Instead of he giving up his power, he knew who he was. So he knew that, listen, if anybody ought to be worshiping me, is you. And I'm already a king. You are offering me a kingdom, the kingdoms of this world, which will what? Which are going to pass away. They are all going to come to nothing. And my kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. So what are you offering me here is garbage. I'm just, say, I'm just saying, thinking, when, Jesus, when you know who you are, and people are trying to, 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 to appeal to your pride and appeal to your, your ego, if you don't know who you are, you're going to fall for this stuff. You're going to give in to people's whims. That's why when the people were trying to make him king. Because of the things he was doing. He got out of there. Because that's just. If he had stayed and allowed people to elevate him. That's pride. He's given into pride. But when you know your mission. You know your purpose. When people try to gloss you with, with, with accolades. And build up your ego and stroke your ego and, and try to make you that you're some whatever. When you know, you don't fall for this stuff. You don't fall for this stuff. But Jesus rejected him because he already knew who he was. He knew he was king. And he knew Satan should be worshipping him, not the other way around. Jesus knew that the kingdoms of the world would pass away. And he was already king of an everlasting kingdom. 
Man, glory to God. I mean, when I read these things, it blows my mind. And it just reinforces to me how important it is that I need to know who I am. So when an enemy will, listen, the enemy wouldn't give up on us. Not because we are saved, because we love Jesus, he's going to give up on us. No. He's out to destroy and discredit God through our lives. When we give into our flesh, and when we carry on and we do things, we discredit God. Why? Because we walk giving into our flesh, and we allow sin to have power over us. But Jesus already knew he's the king. And we are little G's. And we talked about that in Bible study. When you understand you're a little G and who you are, you wouldn't be so easy to be to be allowed to be to be digressed from your purpose. Glory to God. So why did Jesus not allow himself to get involved in the in all the social unrest and all the politics politics and upheaval in his style? Why? Because he did he didn't come to establish an earthly kingdom. He was, people offered, wanted to make him king. Satan offered him the kingdoms of this world and he rejected it. Why? Because that's not why he was here. He wasn't here to establish an earthly kingdom. Because the earthly kingdom was already corrupted. Whatever anyone sets up in this system the way it is, it cannot last. Because it's built on the, on the hands of men. It's all going to go away. It, it has to go away. But Jesus came in the midst of all that to find what? Sinners and save the lost. That's what he came. That's what his focus. To save the lost. He didn't come to establish an earthly kingdom. He knew that this world and its systems will come to an end because it's said in Revelation the heaven and earth pass away but there's a new heaven and earth to come. So he already knew that. He came to save the lost. And he came to die for the sins of the world. So that those who want to be saved then and now can be saved. And be citizens of that kingdom. That he is the king of. And give us a down payment by putting his spirit in us. And sealing us with the Holy Spirit of promise. So that we can be residents of that kingdom. And ambassadors of that kingdom. Glory to God. He knew the Father's plan. Where people from all nations would live as one with Him. And the Father in the kingdom. As I said in Revelation 21. So when you know all that. And people want to make you king. And people want to elevate you. I'm already a king. I don't need anyone to make me a king. I already have a kingdom and I already a king of a kingdom. Of a pure kingdom. A holy kingdom. A kingdom not made with the hands of men. But came, but made with the hands of God and came from God. That's the kingdom that he is the king of. So the whole purpose of this message is to know who you are. Know your mission. Know your purpose. And when you know it, you recognize error. You recognize deception. You recognize what is true. Because when you know who you are, 
when you know your mission and your purpose, the Lord, and, you, and you're faithful to God, the Lord will always guide and lead you. And everything you do and everything you say is in line with your mission and your purpose. The, every decision you make is in line with your mission and your purpose. Why? Because you know who you are. You know why you're here. And you know what you're supposed to be doing. So when anyone comes and tells you anything that's contrary to that, you can say, no, this is not why I'm here. I'm here to do this. And that is what I'm going to focus on. That's what I'm going to do. In that way, you're walking in the will of God and not in the will of man. Glory to God. But this takes, you got to, you got to read your Bible. There is no, I don't know, there is no magic bullet. No one can put, put, sprinkle holy water on you and look through some crystal ball to tell you what you ought to be doing. The first thing we need to be doing is repenting of our sins. And I'm, I'm assuming everyone on this line has done that. And given their life to Christ. The next thing is to read your Bible. Ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. Ask the Lord to reveal His will for your life. And He will do it. But it's not like, it's not like a one-shot deal. You've got to seek Him. And seeking something means you have to be consistent and you have to be faithful. Faithfully seek. Faithfully read your Bible. Faithfully pray. Faithfully ask the Lord to lead and guide and, and direct you. Faithfully ask Him for wisdom. And have the guts to obey the word that's revealed to you. This is not a one shot deal. This is a lifetime effort on our part. Yes, it requires effort. When I say read your Bible, I don't say that's all you do. I say you've got to work, you've you got to clean your house, you've got to do the laundry. But be consistent in reading the Word of God. You've got to make time for that too. You've got to make time for prayer. And you've got to make time to be quiet so you can listen for when the Spirit wants to show you something and teach you something. It's not just show up in front of the Bible, read it, and then disappear. No, you've got to wait. You gotta wait. You gotta be quiet. Why does that have to be noisy all the time? It gotta, you need quiet time so the Lord can speak to you. You know, that we live a life where we always have to be stimulated. We gotta be stimulated by this. We gotta be stimulated by that. No. Sometimes you gotta just be quiet so the Lord can talk to you. And nothing else is competing for your mind. You gotta be quiet so He can talk to you. He can guide you. He can direct you. As the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord. Be soft and pliable. And He will give you the desires of your heart. Do you understand that soft and pliable requires commitment? It requires surrender. And He will give you the desires of your heart. I'm not, I'm not, trying to, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you this is some, some easy thing to do. It's a change of mind. You've got to change the way you live. You have, to, you have to take the first steps to do it. And the Lord will help you. But you have to make your mind up that I'm going to change the way I live. I want to live the life that God has put me on this earth to live. How am I going to do it? I don't know, but I'm going to seek the, the, read the Bible. I'm going to pray 
I'm going to, whatever he reveals to me and, he, and is taught to me by the Spirit, I'm going to obey and do that. And when you show yourself soft and pliable, he will give you the desires of your heart. Not before. Because it says, delight yourself in the Lord. And then he will give you the desires of your heart. It's not, he'll give you the desires of your heart and then you delight yourself in the Lord. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Because when you want to walk in your ways, that's how the enemy snares you. And you get distracted and you're doing stuff you ought not to be doing. Because you want to do your thing and then you want the Lord to bless it. That's not how the Lord works. You walk in His ways, you walk in His will, then the blessing follows. Alright. So, I'm just going to stop there today. So when you know your mission and your purpose, it's not easy for people to distract you. Jesus knew who He was. He knew who He was. And when you know who you are, it's, you're not going to be easily distracted. So that is the same mindset we have to have. Alright, so I'm going to stop there. Okay, and I hope you receive, you learn something today. Alright, and I'll pick this up next week. Alright?